I found I'm getting my P's mixed up. When I say Periscope, I mean podcast. And when I say podcast, I mean Periscope. But I'll try and do my best in this episode four of Hello from Hong Kong. So welcome. It wasn't my intention to podcast so soon with two Periscopers from Hong Kong. Can you tell I'm talking slowly just so I get my P's right? Episode one was with John Ho. And now episode four is with Andrew Layden, a.k.a. Penguin Six. Penguin 6 is the most famous Hong Kong periscoper and probably has the largest following in China. He's definitely on the map, the periscope map. While Andrew isn't periscoping, when he's not on the map, he's an iOS developer and a legal consultant. There was a bit of mystery surrounding uh, Penguin 6. He never shows his face, it's not his style when it comes to periscoping. And so this episode is dedicated to Andrew and we get to learn a bit more about the man behind the camera. So together we discuss the expectations of a viewing audience while being a well-known periscoper. We get down on record why Andrew came to Hong Kong, why he enjoys Hong Kong, Hong Kong versus Singapore, the difference in vibe when periscoping in Hong Kong compared to other parts of the world. We also talk about air pollution in Hong Kong. Andrew Layden has written some apps related to air pollution. We also talk about Periscope versus Meerkat. Meerkat is another live streaming app for the iPhone or for Android. We also talk about the limitations of Periscope and we get down and talk about the protests that happened last year in Hong Kong and how they relate or how they could have related to using such a app such as Periscope. Later on in the show we talk about monetizing Periscope, how to do it, is it possible, is it worth doing? And we also talk about the perspective that Periscope can offer viewers compared to the mainstream news perspective or the narrative that is presented to people every day. At around the 40 to 45 minute mark, there is a live Q&A with viewers on Periscope. As this was recorded live, we discuss a wide range of topics, wider than the questions I bring to Andrew. We talk about 9-11, retiring and the food in Hong Kong. The interview was held in the old police military headquarters and there's a lot of construction playing in the background and piano playing so please be aware of the background noise I have tried to minimise it I think it's very good so thank you for listening to Hello from Hong Kong this is episode 4 with Andrew Layden Okay, we're just going to jump right in, and I want to talk about expectations because you have uh, the largest following at the moment in uh, in Hong Kong, and talk about some of the issues that I think I've seen in your feed, and maybe you've come across as well as you're periscoping every day. So, could you uh, just give us a, a run through of how your life started with Periscope, and then how you built up a massive following, and then we could talk about uh, the type of encounters you've had uh, on Periscope. Okay. Um Something I've learned, I've been on social media since, honestly, the early days of Twitter, but I never really paid much attention to it. I always thought it was silly and stupid. Of course, (laughs) that's been proven wrong over the last 10 years. And I sort of uh, resigned myself and said, you know, the next time a new technology comes out, I'm going to jump in whole hog. I'm going to go in from the get-go and try to do my best as I can right off the bat. So when the Periscope came out of beta and was made public, I jumped in, and I was out for my morning walk which, as you might know, takes me around Victoria's Peak, which has probably one of the most stunning views of the city around. Little did I know that the guys watching that 
were the Periscope headquarters staff. And they were absolutely shocked. They're like, my God, this thing has spread all over the world already. Take a look. And everybody in the office ran around and was like, my God, we're in Hong Kong already. This is wild. They had a blast. Yeah. And uh, a few days later, they featured one of my Periscope broadcasts as the featured video of the day, which led to a, a nice uptick in users. And I continued doing those walks. Um, I, honestly, I really didn't have any expectations. I just uh, I use it right now as a way to talk to people when I go for a walk. I saw you featured in the recent video by Periscope. Uh, did they tell you they were going to do that before? Yeah, they had, they had to ask permission. They sent me a note, and I was, of course, more than willing to let them use my video. So they used about oh, two seconds or something like that, two seconds of my video in their promotional flyer. But, uh, they wanted to show people all over the world. And, of course, the view from Hong Kong is one of those iconic views that everybody knows. I was, you hear rumors on the Internet or on Periscope, and people were wondering, how you got access to the app so early. And was it just through luck, or did you actually know somebody on the Periscope team no, because no. you're an iOS developer? No, I didn't know anyone on the team. Um, in fact, I had been given an email about three days earlier saying, hey, you gotta get on this Meerkat thing. This Meerkat sounds really cool, and I'm like, yeah, or whatever. And then uh, I was reading the trade press, you know, the tech, I read the tech press daily, of course, and they said, oh, well, Periscope has just come out, and it's going to rival, and it's backed by Twitter. And I said, well, I've got a lot of followers on Twitter. I have about 3,000 followers on Twitter. I said, nah, I'll just go with this one. So I picked it, and everything fell into place. Honestly, it was just luck. Okay. I'm glad we cleared that up. Yeah. But as you Periscope, do you feel like you have to define yourself uh, on Periscope? Like, I know from watching your scopes, and you introduce yourself every time, and you're very eloquent about it. Mm. You'll say, "Hey, I'm 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 Penguin Six. Enjoy, you know, come and join me on my walk. I do, yeah. you know, twenty thousand Fitbit steps." And that to me is that to me is telling everybody else, "This is what I do." Yeah. But some people expect more. And so, how do you deal with those requests when they're trying to like they want to be part of your experience? Mm -hmm. The audience is a participant. So when they say, "Hey, show us your apartment," or "Hey, show us your wife." What's going on though in your mind? Yeah, um, well, there are some things I keep relatively private. I mean, it's hard to be private when you have a public, you know, persona. I mean, I'm all over the internet. Let's face it. You guys want to know more about me? It's called Google. You know, you'll find all you want. Uh, but some things I kind of keep to myself. I usually keep our apartment to myself. I keep the kids off unless they particularly say we want to go on. Uh, like the other day, last week, we were bike riding, and I said, you guys do want to go and make a video of this. And they're like, yeah, yeah, Dad, let's go online. So that was kind of a fun ride up in the new territories. But uh, you know, sometimes I go, and they don't want to be online. Um, I, I sort of define myself, and I tell people what's going on, just sort of uh, a, a way to give them some expectations. Hey, this is what's going to happen. This guy's going to go walk. So it doesn't get much more exciting than this. I mean, I think a lot of people find out once I'm not some webcam girl in Russia that they, they flip off pretty quickly. <laughs> You, you come across as very modest. Uh, people, I've seen people in your scope say, hey, show us your apartment. And you say, nah, it's not interesting. It's not that interesting. I mean, it, and people are always like, See, show us your face, show us your face. And it's not about me. And I, I try to tell people that. I'm not really from the generation of selfie sticks and whatnot. Um, I live in Hong Kong, for God's sake. I mean, look around. I mean, we look any direction in any way, we see something amazing. Um, and um, so uh, let me rephrase that. For me, it's amazing. You know, uh, it, it, what's funny is my kids have grown up here in Hong Kong. And so, like, we'll be walking down the street, and there'll be, you know, uh, the whole thing will be covered with neon signs, and there'll be a helicopter landing in the background from Macau, and there's a Maserati going down the street. And the kids are just like, 
what's for dinner, Dad? You know, it's just, <laughs> and I'm just like, you know, you're not taking in the ambiance here. You know, you're not getting this. And they're just like, yeah, Dad, you know, we we grew up with it. You know, it's just what it is. And so, I think for folks like you and me who are transplants, it's still all kind of unique. And I like to show that to other people. So it's funny that a lot of Hong Kongers watch my Periscope. The things they want to see are nothing what, say, the people who've never been here. I've had Hong Kongers say, could could you just go to the stoplight? I just I just want to hear the walk, don't walk clicker. Oh, click, the click, ones click, that click, live click, abroad. Click, yeah, yeah, the ones oh, that live okay. abroad. Because when they hear that sound of the stoplights, click, 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 which is the walk, don't walk, they're like, oh, God, I feel like I'm back home. It's emotive, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Okay, I like that. Um, I watched a, a scope by John Ho uh, earlier this week. And, again, this is part of expectations. But somebody uh, had complained in the scope and said, why are we... Why are we watching like a new skin promotion, or why are you talking about new skin? Mm. Uh, but and I'm John Ho has his channel. He does his thing, and yeah. he's very clear in what he does. Yeah. And it, and it's kind of odd. And again, it's a, it's a mirror of what's happening in yours, where people are trying to push and pull. Hey Tyler, that's a guy from uh, Periscope's online, right? Now. Hi. They're trying to push and pull it at something else. They want you to get to do something. Mm -hmm. And John, I mean, I spoke to John uh, on WhatsApp, and we talked about how basically well, that's my channel. If you don't like it, then go somewhere else. Um, but but your following is larger, so have you had more incidences where people are trying to like pull at you and trying to get you to do other things? Because I felt this week, especially when you did the burger scope, oh, yeah. I felt maybe you were you were sort of bowing to, to a little bit of this pressure because of, mm. because of the popularity and the uniqueness of this gourmet McDonald's burger. Yeah, actually, I was really hungry. <laughs> I really was hungry. I did actually go back yesterday and have another gourmet burger. If you look at my scopes from yesterday, we, we tried to create your own burger at McDonald's, which was pretty amazing. It was, uh, it was really tasty. But, um, you know, I, I've tried something like that. Yesterday, actually, I, I gave my periscopers the right to choose left or right. And, okay. and we walked around this neighborhood, and I was like, left or right, left or right at every intersection. They, they walked me in a circle. And they didn't quite know where they were doing. So eventually I took it over. But um, I don't really try, I, I have my routine. Uh, and I, my routine is, A, I go for a walk every morning on the peak. That's 10,000 steps, five miles. And B, I run errands the rest of the day. I got stuff to do in the city. Um, today, uh, today I'm going to a coin County machine. Excitement. Uh, I'll probably get some lunch. Now I will do uh, one Superfluous thing. I'm going to take people on a street art tour of Shangwan. We're going to go around after this and we're going to look at all the street art. But um, I, that's just because I kind of like the street art and because I plan to take my kids to see the same street art later this week. I just want to sort of scout it out. But uh, yeah, I'm not really bending that much. Though uh, people did want me to put guacamole on the burger. So <laughs> I, I, I held off on that. But you, you, are, you are pretty consistent. Uh, obviously, other users of Periscope, they want to Periscope everything. Or like you, I find your scopes very benign, they're very harmless, you know, just join me for a walk, that's all it is. But then all of a sudden, there are still people who will say, I mean, this morning I jumped into your, uh, yeah. into your scope and somebody said, uh, this is almost word for word because I wrote yeah. it down, oh, just change the script, please. Oh, yeah. Did you, do you remember that comment? Uh, you know, I've seen that before. There was, there was a guy who was going off this morning, because we were chasing a boar this morning. We had a wild boar in the, uh, in the woods, and he was like, oh, this guy's a boar. And I was like, oh, whatever, you know. Hey, this is my life. You know, I'm I'm doing this not for you. I'm doing it for me. You know, I'm on a walk for me. Um, showing this because I'm a kind of nice guy and I like to show around. But also, you know, you guys keep me company. Uh, trust me, walking twenty thousand steps is pretty lonely. And I've been walking that for about two or years now. Uh, so I've lost uh, sixty pounds. That's why you see all this uh, wrinkles and stuff. So 
I'm not really doing it for others. Um, I respond to requests, but some people are like, oh, I know this, I can answer all your questions. It's like, well, I'm sorry. But that's not your fault. Yeah, I get asked yeah. these questions all the time, and that's just life. Because I know you, you clearly don't scope a home. No. You don't scope the wife. No. So you to doing anything, but it, it does always feel like any audience watching will want more. And what can you do about it? You know, you don't own me. Uh, I'm just doing this as a way to show people around. And I, I, I let people know some things, and uh, some things I keep to myself. Okay, let's start with some, uh, let's, let's come in with some basic questions. Sure. Um, you've probably been asked a million times, but not everybody will probably know, and of course, anybody listening to my podcast probably won't know either. Yeah, sure. Uh, but why did you come to Hong Kong? Love. Yeah? The universal reason to do anything. Um, ah, sorry, I'm redoing the tripod. Uh, my wife was given a position here, and I followed her, and I follow her anywhere, so. I'm actually kind of happy here. Um, well, yeah, so I, I can get into it more as the, Hong Kong is a rather unique city in the world nowadays, especially com coming from the United States, coming from, say, suburban in the United States. Hong Kong is still a walkable city, um, even in ways that New York is not a walkable city. Um, everything that you need to survive, truly need, from doctors to hardware stores to groceries, are all within five minutes of anybody in here in Hong Kong. Uh, walkable cities in the United States don't really exist as much. And, but as a result of that, you live a, um, a closer kind of life, more connected. Oh, that store is open. Oh, that's the woman who works at that place. Oh, I saw those kids last week. They go to this restaurant and stuff. And you start to get connected more to the community. And that's something I actually really enjoy about Hong Kong. Do you find when you're periscoping that there is something about Hong Kong that sort of stands out on periscope? Well, the view. I'm not the view, but the, just the the uniqueness, there's a lot of unique things in Hong Kong, from the skyline to the trams to the Star Ferry um, to the neon lights and, you know, the wet markets, you know, right. pig entrails hanging from a hook. But do you see it in the questions that, that are given to you? Mm. I mean, do you watch other scopes and then realize, like, oh, it's, it, there's a different vibe to scoping in Hong Kong? Yeah, there's a little bit. There's a little bit more energy. I watch, for example, Paris, and I watch some people out of Oxford, England, which is, you know, quite quiet and peaceful, London. Uh, some U.S. ones. Um, it's hard to find a lot, you know. Sometimes you get, uh, you end up. It's I, I do poke around on Periscope every now and then to see what people are doing. But there's a lot of talking heads, to be honest. Talking heads get old. Yeah. True. And um, what, what did you do back in the states? Again, this is just sure. groundwork for my, yeah. my benefit on the podcast. Well, I, um, I'm an attorney. Well, let's go back longer after that. I used to work on Capitol Hill. I used to work in the U.S. government. I was an advisor to the U.S. Congress um, on national security matters. So I've written a book on the first Gulf War. I can tell you the difference between an F-15C and an F-15E and stuff like that. Um, I then went off to law school. But while in law school, I discovered the internet. Uh, this was back in the days of pre-Netscape pre days. So when I came out of law school, I went back to work as a lawyer, but then I hoped my heart was more into the technology. So I started an internet company, got some venture capital funding, sold the company, sold the company that, that bought the company, and then I, uh, then I had kids. <laughs> and uh, I spent time doing a, a few little consulting jobs and tech jobs here and there. Uh, but basically now I, I write apps and I help out some startups with some legal matters. Okay. Um, I don't suppose that's Singapore was ever a consideration. No, um, it, it wasn't. Uh, my wife's job is pretty tied here. Right. Um, Singapore and, and Hong Kong, 
Um, well, I'll give you one thing. Singapore's really hot. Um, yeah, that's why I'm not there. I mean, exactly. I mean, I, I mean, it's hot. It's really hot today. It's about it's going to go up to 34 Celsius, so that's pretty gross for us. But Singapore is 34 Celsius at Christmas, you know, or something like that. It's hot year-round. Uh, so I kind of like, uh, I need a respite every now and then. You know, here in Hong Kong, we can go a few months without the air conditioner on. But Singapore, it's just, just too hot. So. But the air quality is better. Sort of. I mean, they've had all these problems lately with burning. You know, the, they're burning the woodlands out over Singapore. It's creating big problems in Singapore, actually. Okay. So it's hit or miss. Okay. Yeah. I, I thought of a question this morning, and I was wondering, who do you think, who do you think highlights the Hong Kong air pollution more? Is it you? Is it you showing it? <laughs> or is it me wearing a mask? I don't know, certainly the mask. I mean, the mask really brings it home that, hey, the air here is, is bad. Um, you know, we, we have to be careful some days in Hong Kong. Certain days my kids won't go out to, to, uh, to play. You know, other kids will be locked inside, basically. Uh, but, you know, I can show you the skyline and everybody's like, oh, is it raining? Is it cloudy? Is it foggy? I'm like, no, today's pollution, you know. Oh, good, yuck. Can we talk a bit about app developing? Sure. I feel like I feel like there's a mystery to you, mm -hmm. and other people have kind of expressed this to me as well. Obviously, some of it is about because you don't show your face and you, you yeah. do keep yourself private yeah. uh, in many facets of uh, scoping. But when it comes to iOS developing, yeah. you always say I'm an iOS developer, and mm -hmm. you never really talk about the apps that you develop, and no. you've only got one that I know of, and yeah. it's free. It's a free one, yeah. So I know you're not making any money that I... No, I, did, I, I do some... I, there are some yeah. Chinese apps that I've been working on for a fee. Right, uh, okay. But it's not, it, it's not our main source of income. But I would assume it was under like NNDA or something anyway. No, no. That's why I never what, mentioned it. No, they're Chinese names. They're like this calorie count. One hasn't been released. Another will never be released because we got nervous by... Uh, we actually were building an air pollution app for, for Beijing. And then the government said, anyone releasing air pollution information is a criminal. It was like... Okay, <laughs> guess this app isn't going to come off the bat. But what I do in app development is I, I come up with ideas and I build out the rudimentary app and some of the back end. And then if it looks like it's got something that's going to succeed, then I move it forward to the next step. I've built a couple apps that we've just never moved to the next step. We built, for example, we built a, um, uh, it worked at augmented reality price converter. So you would take the camera, you'd aim it at a price tag in Hong Kong dollars, and it would instantly convert and show you the price in U.S. dollars or something. So you could walk through the market and just get it all. But we never really got it to work perfectly. And, of course, you know the markets here, they scribble and stuff like that. And so we, we shelved it. Okay. Um, I built another app uh, called Warship Spotter. Uh, called what? Warship Spotter. Okay. Because I like warships. I like big, you know, macho aircraft carriers with fighter jets and all that. And uh, the Hong Kong government publishes the data of every, every ship coming in and out of the harbor. So anytime a warship would come out, um, the, uh, I would get an alert. Hey, there's a warship in the harbor. You know, go down and see the USS uh, you know, Enterprise or something like that. But uh, I never ended up releasing it because I just didn't get around to it. I think the only people who would want it were the, the people who work in Wan Chai. <laughs> <laughs> The okay, Mar the Marines are back. Thank so. you for explaining because it did, yeah. it did but it's not to my, yeah. answer the mystery of Penguin yeah. Six. Yeah, I um, it, it's not a big uh, it's not a big financial thing. I mean, it's what I do, but it's not uh, it's not what I survive on. Okay. Yeah. So, how much time do you spend coding? 
I spend about three or four hours a day doing different projects. Today, I'm doing an e-commerce platform for a friend of mine. It's actually just a WordPress e-commerce. I'm just configuring it with their existing database of uh, products. So I'm doing that for some people. Okay. Now I'll, I'll spend a couple hours this afternoon, and then when the kids go to bed is when I do my best work because it's quiet, it's peaceful, and if you've ever written code, you got to get into the zone. Yeah. You, know, you got to get out, mm-hmm. just clueless to the world. And so I'll I'll spend a couple hours tonight when everybody's down and sleeping. So it's not true that you code while scoping? No, God, no. I wish I could. I wish it would be that easy. I heard a rumor somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you mentioned that uh, you got on board with Periscope really early. Mm-hmm. What made you decide to not use Meerkat? Because I, it integrated well, Twitter, didn't it? Didn't it? it did integrate, and, they, and I think the Meerkat integration fell apart as Periscope came out. And before I knew it, I had thousands of followers on Periscope. I'm like, well, why should I even start? again on Meerkat. Everybody's already here. You can't do both at the same time as far as I feel, so uh, maybe with the new iPads that have split screens you could. We'll see. Yesterday you went to uh, Admiralty and you were talking about, and I thought in a very emotional way or a very uh, informative way oh. about the protesters and yeah, what they yeah. did. And you gave like a blow-by-blow blow, uh, yeah, account of yeah. what was happening. And it made me think, if Periscope was here last year, would you have periscoped the protests? Oh, yeah, certainly. I put a lot of photos up on Instagram of uh, the protest and Twitter. Um, interesting, though, you know, a lot of people ask me, you know, what was your view of the protest and stuff like that. And, and I, have to, I have to step back, and that's the thing. It's like, we're guests here. This is not our city. Uh, we don't have the right to vote. Um, we probably never will. And so it's not really something that I was actively taking part in. I wasn't down there on the streets cheering or chanting or anything like that. I was just observing. And Periscope would have been great for that. It would have been great for observing what was going on. Uh, but, you know, I wasn't out there with an umbrella, except the day it rained. And, uh, you know, and I wasn't like saying, oh, the government should do this, government should do that. It's not really my place. Right. You know? So, and I think a lot of foreigners, I mean, deep down, we all know how we feel about a democracy movement here in Hong Kong. Let's not be silly. But it's not our town, you know, and I think it actually would have hurt them a lot if there were a lot of guaylos out there, you know, you know, the, 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 bad, the other forces would just say, oh, see, it's all controlled by the CIA or something. Okay. I actually wanted to put on a CIA hat and walk <laughs> around and point and, like, direct people like that, and I figured I would have been in all the Chinese papers if I had done that. <laughs> I think the, the satire would have been lost. Did you see the Kim Jong-un uh, Look-alike that made a few appearances. Yeah, he was down there, and, and there was who else? Well, Ru- Kenny G showed up, and then he wasn't there, or whatever. But uh, that was it. Was an amazing time. It was it was really quite emotional. I also went to the um, education protests. I don't know if you were here for those uh, back when. It was 2012. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, right. yeah. That was um, actually if you get on YouTube, uh, type lessons in descent. Lessons in descent, and you can watch the first two minutes of that movie, Lessons in Descent, on YouTube. It's, it's, it's earth-shaking. And that's where Joshua Wong got his start, the leader of the pro-democracy protests, was fighting against the government's education plans. I mean, you can just feel the energy come through those first couple minutes of that movie. And we went down there to see that live, you know, my, uh, just, to, just to sort of experience it. It was difficult. You know, I don't speak Cantonese. My wife doesn't speak Cantonese. So a lot of what's being yelled and screamed is kind of over our heads. Okay. So... Having used the app, uh, going back to Periscope now, sorry. Sure. Having used the app for, for what, four or five months now? Yeah, at least, yeah. Have you discovered any limitations with the actual app hmm. itself? Uh, well, there are things that could be done 
there'd be things that would be nicer to have, new features to add. A Periscope has to pick their targets carefully. Right. They pick, uh, from my understanding is they pick the thing that's going to affect and help the most people there. So like for example, I'd like to see some sort of analytics, you know, how many losers, how many people did I gain or lose and stuff like that, or how many people watched, how long did they watch. But I'm a geek, you know, I don't want to see that. Most people, they don't care about that. Um, it would be nice to find a way to do other things at the same time. Uh, you know, we were just chatting earlier today, it's difficult to pull up a Google map while you're doing a Periscope. Yeah. You know, you kind of have to, like, remember where you are. But the Google map is almost in the app anyway, in the world, yeah, in the world function. So yeah, there's so a way of getting back to that screen. Yeah, you got to figure out some of those features. But, uh, you know, I met with the Google, uh, the Periscope team in their offices, and those guys are working really hard every day to create a better product. And they're really committed to this. I mean, everybody thinks, oh, no, it's Twitter, it's Twitter. It isn't Twitter. It's a small group of men and women in a tiny little office. They're soon going to be filled up that office, I think, uh, with two dogs. And they're um, working hard. And when, when this site goes down, it's those guys who've got to bring it back on. It's not Twitter central command, you know, the war room, which has like 600 engineers on call and data centers all over the world. It's two guys at, at Periscope who are like getting a beeper message while they're at a party and they've got to run back to the office and reset the servers. Okay. So, you know, it's still that. I mean, of course, uh, when they have a question, they could call up some of the best data scientists in the world, you know, at Twitter. They say, you know, by the way, how do we handle something that has six billion rows and needs to be searched every day? You know, uh, Twitter guys can answer that. But uh, by and large, it's, it's the guys at Periscope who are really burning the night oil to keep this thing running. Okay, and, and is, is it only analytics that you're interested in? Well, analytics, of course. The landscape, I actually okay with landscape, um, but uh, a lot of people would like to see a different way of landscape display. I know it's going to be problematic given the screen size. Um, yeah, that's one I would like. Yeah, the because uh, landscape translates better into other video modes, especially if you go into YouTube. A lot of people are trying to YouTube it. It'd be nice to find a way to save the video with the chats without having to do the the runaround that I did on my YouTube where you do the quick quick and quick time and the lightning connector and all that. If there was a way to just save it directly with the chats on your phone. Like imprinting the hearts and the chats. Yeah, but yeah. I guess they're they're sort of separate streams. The video is being done by the phone and then this is being sort of overlaid on top of it. So eventually they'll probably figure that out. Okay. I'm I'm really interested in a feature where you can create some sort of schedule and you can let people know yeah. without tweeting it, mm -hmm. they can go to your profile and they can see a schedule of whether you are going to scope certain things. For me, my, for me, like I'm going to do interviews, uh, like like one-on-one -on -one interviews, interviewing people in their apartments, mm -hmm. setting times, and a calendar system. That's something I would be interested in, and a way of filtering uh, periscopers. Oh yeah, there's some filters, uh, some maybe hashtags. Not really. Problem with tags is you end up like Instagram, where everybody puts 60 tags on a yeah. single photo, and it's not what you want. Uh, someone's here saying they'd like to say a way to edit titles after you do things. I wouldn't mind that because I walk around for like an hour and what I started at the beginning of the Periscope isn't what I'm showing at the end. Um, some, some sort of uh, filtering system, not say the most amount of hearts, but maybe hearts per broadcast or hearts per follower or trending hearts over the last week. And of course, what everybody wants, money. Some people want some sort of monetization system to go into place. I'm not really sure how they'll do that. And to be clear, you're not, you're not actually interested in monetizing anything further down the line. Not because, really. Because I am wondering, where would you take it for yourself? I don't know. People have said, just, oh, you know, do you want to be sponsored by you know, something or another? And I'm like, well, I don't really care. You, know, you want to give me free shoes? Yeah, that's cool. I go through a lot of shoes. But 
I, I don't really have a, a preference one way or the other. Okay, so can you see yourself uh, scoping the same things for the next year at least? Or? Well, I, my, my, my morning walk is my morning walk, yeah. so I'll scope that. And a I lot don't of know your phone provider. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So a lot of people, um, to, and to get to this part of Hong Kong, I have two roads. I can take one or two routes. If you were like, oh, don't go this way, go the other way today, and I'm like, well, I only have two ways to get down to the city. So we'll try to we'll try to show some new things. I wanted to go to Macau this week, but then we found out that Macau's phone system isn't up to snuff yet. They're still on 3G. There's no 4G, and so my my followers were like, "Why don't you wait a month?" So okay. we'll, we'll try that eventually. Has there been any changes to your lifestyle using Periscope? I walk slower. <laughs> uh, actually, I used to walk a lot faster, and um, I, I've slowed down quite a bit. My morning walk goes down. Uh, yeah, I'm eating more burgers. Yeah, I have that actually had a little for more, more burgers. Um, but, you know, the other thing is that I, I'm more inclined to go out for a walk. Uh, before I was periscoping, I would alternate between the treadmill and up on the peak. So some days I'd go to the treadmill for two hours. I actually went to the treadmill last night to start watching Mad Max. Mad Max on a treadmill is great because you have no clue about time. You're just so fixated on what's going on. And you're traveling within the movie. Yeah, you're just like, ah, and suddenly you're like, God, I've been here an hour. You know? <laughs> um, I'm getting to the end of my sure. questions, and then we'll take some uh, questions on Twitter. Yeah. So for anybody who wants to ask any questions, you can tweet me at, at JonathanJK, and I'll be reading them out uh, in, a, in a couple of minutes. Yeah. Okay. I've got just a couple of words here. Disconnection, disconnection of realities. Mm. Uh, and it's sort of like this idea that I have that people in America are watching the news, they get ideas of what's happening over here. And I've got here Uber and explosion because those, t those two seem really big oh. topics that people want to engage with you on. And earthquakes and Godzilla. Earthquakes and Godzilla. <laughs> yeah, but it, certainly, go ahead. But there's something about like the explosion in mm -hmm. Tianjin, which was right. what, a five-hour flight from Hong Kong? <laughs> Something like Six that. Six-hour flight? Yeah. It's I on mean, the other side of the planet. <laughs> That's I like flying San Francisco to New York, you know. So. Um, I found I found out through your through your tweeting actually. Mm -hmm. um, I don't really follow the news on an up-to-date basis. I listen to podcasts, and it's a lot more sort of laid back, and uh, yeah. people can like rather than just respond, it's all just discussion-based. So I'm not up-to-date on the news. Mm -hmm. But so when I was writing this, I'm aware that there's an explosion. But as I wrote my notes, I thought, oh, should I find out where that explosion <laughs> was? Yeah. But for me, I didn't know the name, and I deliberately walked into this interview not knowing the name. Yeah. Because it's a reflection of other people around the world who have this misunderstanding. Whereas I'm here, I'm closer to it, and yet it just passed me by. And then people are asking me, and I'm thinking, why is there so much interest? Uh, it, and again, with the Uber thing, Uber, Uber gets talked about a lot, so... It's like, oh, I've got to talk about it in Hong Kong. What's it like there? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? There's narratives that are played out in the States, and we're talking about a U.S. audience, and then they're sort of bringing this narrative over here, trying to look for our perspective on it. Yeah, we get asked about Uber a lot, because I take taxis a lot, and they don't, and we kind of have to explain. It's like, well, we have Uber, but we really don't use it, because, I mean, a taxi's like this, you know, taxi, there's one. It's, they're like flies, they're everywhere. Uh, Uber, you got to wait five minutes. Who wants to wait five minutes for a seven-minute drive, mm -hmm. you know? And so we have to explain people, you know, it's not that big a deal. And of course, the earthquake, I'll give you a better example, is Fukushima. You know, that didn't really happen on Periscope, but I can't tell you how many people are like, oh my God, Fukushima, are you, are you worried? And I'm like, well, no, it's, it's six hours away by plane. You know, it's not really affecting us here. 
whatever. It still didn't stop the run on salt in the uh, grocery stores here. Crazy locals. Um, there's this filter then. Obviously, American news or even European news, they want to give, obviously, Americans the oh. most dramatic, sensationalist stories. And so they come to us, and we're sort of sitting back. What, what, what's going on? What? Oh, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, it gets to... It, one of the things you learn in uh, journalism school about coverage of the third world is what's called coups and earthquakes. <laughs> Most of the third world coverage is coups or earthquakes. And if it's not a coup or an earthquake, nobody really knows about it. Hmm. And this gets to a point that I've actually raised. I actually mentioned this to the uh, Periscope team. And uh, and this is this is more of a philosophical thing about Periscope. So I get philosophical. Is that uh, Periscope markets itself as almost a voyeuristic. See the world through someone else's eyes. You know, and of course, when we show them the Star Ferry or a double-decker tram or a hike around the peak, you know, that's that's something different. You know, I go, I take this, I take a double-decker tram to go to uh, my doctor's office. I take the Star Ferry to go to a toy store. And my morning hike shows you hundreds of skyscrapers. So there's this voyeuristic thing. Wow, I'm seeing this whole other world that exists. But, and this gets sort of back to your question, what develops over time is not just a simple, shallow, voyeuristic view, but a deeper understanding of yeah. the other side of the world. Hey, yeah, this guy is walking around the skyscrapers, but he's just on a morning walk. And he's on a double-decker tram going to the doctor but he is just going to the doctor. And he's on the Star Ferry going to Toy Story. But it is just a toy store run. And people start to realize, wow, this guy on the other side of the world in this most extraordinary city is leading an ordinary life. That's an ordinary life just like me. And I've had people sort of say, wow, I don't have to be in Sandusky, Ohio. I don't have to be in Poughkeepsie, New York, or Yuma, Arizona. I could be anywhere in the world and do a lot of what I'm doing right now. And that gets to sort of the understanding. People start to see that, yeah, you know, the rest of the world isn't really that different. One thing I've got, I, I remember meeting some Iranian kids, probably, you know, 20, 30 years old, on an airplane once. And we were chatting, and they were talking about football, we were talking about music videos, we were talking about rap and the NBA. And then at the end of it, the kid said, you know, could you just tell people in the West, yeah, we're from Iran, and our government's crazy, but the reality is we're a lot like you. You know, we have the same hopes, same dreams, same interests. You know, we're really kind of the same. And I think that's something that Periscope offers that other social media doesn't really offer. I think it's this chance to get some sort of understanding. A better understanding. Better understanding. Because it does seem to be like as Periscope grows in size, there will be competing narratives that maybe mainstream media are going to say, this is what's happening, this is what's important. Oh, yeah. On Periscope, it's just, hey, this is what's important to me. But then you can check out 500 other people in Hong Kong and find out what's important to them as well. Oh, exactly. If you watch the, you, that's the thing we see interestingly now is when mainstream broadcasters periscope, they don't talk to the, the, the viewers. They just talk at them. You know, we've seen, I've seen BBC guys not answer a single question, you know, as they're making a presentation. It's just like, you don't get it. You're not here. You're not on a new medium. Uh, Sky, for example, Sky News does a very good job with Periscope. They're constantly engaged. I was, uh, I actually talked to the Sky reporters who were waiting for the birth of the ba of the new princess, you know, and I was asking them questions. I was like, you know, is it hot there? Uh, what are you guys eating? And they're like showing, oh, we're eating some noodles, you know, we're waiting for the princess, but we're eating this takeout we found at this Chinese place around the corner from the hospital. You know, and I was able to like engage and get a better feel what it was like. Was there a, is there a buzz there? It says, oh, there's these old ladies over here who are all excited waving British flags. And, and you get a better understanding, a better feel for how things are than what you get if you just get that, that 
that shallow media view, right? Which is just, I mean, it's packaged and it's glossed and it's got to be what it is because you only have 70 seconds to tell a story of a coup. Sure. But still, it is only 70 seconds or whatever. There is this, there is this idea that, um, and I mean, I'm kind of open-minded, but Periscope has, make, has made me become even more open-minded because there's this love or interest that emanates from the States and usually the United States is packaged up in a sort of closed-minded, radical, in a very negative oh, way, very conservative sorry, manner. Sorry. And yet, there are more. It feels like there are more American periscopers on Periscope than any other. Oh yeah. Well, America's first adapters of big technology and stuff. But it's interesting you make that, that. That point relates back to how people think here. I mean, my mother came to Hong Kong, and she was just walking around, and she's like, "Where are the rickshaws?" <laughs> and it's like, Mom, there haven't been rickshaws here. Like, and, it, and she was floored. She's like, my God, this is the most modern city. The people are so elegant. There's so much money here. It's just like, ah, you know, she had this world of Susie Wong view of Hong Kong. And the same is true about the United States in a large part. You know, uh, I'm, I, I do a lot with expats, and I have a lot of British expats who've moved to the United States. And a lot of them have moved to the United States, and they're just absolutely frightened. We're going to get shot. I mean, we're going to go to the grocery store and we're going to get shot. I know it's going to happen. And then, but over time, they don't get shot. And then they actually don't notice, you know, well, have you ever been to Leicester Square or have you ever been to Soho? You know, they don't notice drunken revelry in the street. They're like, wow, uh, America's kind, kind of peaceful, actually. These people don't even lock their doors on their house. What's going on here? You know, it's not what I expected. You know, and it's, uh, it's always kind of neat to see people's perceptives change. And that's one thing that Periscope can, can help show, you know. On the other side, Periscope does show when people do get shot. You know, that's one I think, like what we've seen in the, the race riots in Baltimore, St. Louis. Periscope has been right up in front. And, uh, which actually maybe, maybe shows a little bit better view of what's really going on on the front lines. Where you see, you know, you read The Guardian and you see police beat up a bunch of protesters. Then you watch Periscope, and you see protesters throwing rocks at the cops, and the cops not doing anything. You're like, well, they beat them up, but then they didn't beat these guys up, so what's going on, you know? He's trying to get more of a view. Sure. Yeah. There are actually more rickshaws in London than there is in Hong Kong. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I, I don't know where. I haven't seen a rickshaw. I think I saw one in Stanley, maybe. Okay. But, yeah. I think they're all around Oxford Square in Leicester. Oh, yeah. Uh, is it Leicester Square in London? Anyway, there are definitely more rickshaws there than in Hong Kong, which is kind of ironic. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and another further irony, and just to add to your point, is that, yes, there are more Americans online, but then you hear so much about Internet con connectivity in America is poorer than anywhere else in the world. Uh, sorry, anywhere else in, like, say, compared to the West or Asia. Mm -hmm. And yet, they're still out in force, and they're still sort of saying, hey, what are you doing over there, guys? Yeah. What's happening? Yeah, well, you know... The United States is a huge place, and I think that, that falls by the wayside. Yeah, we don't have as fast an internet as they have as in Switzerland. But, of course, Switzerland would fit in Rhode Island, you know, or something like that. It's not that big a deal. I think, you know, a lot of Brits were really upset when the U.S. Uh, they, they prepared a press briefing for Obama's trip to the U.K. And it, first thing they said, U.K., it's about the size of Oregon, you know, which was just one of the 50 U.S. states. And the Brits were just much more important than Oregon, you know? But I, I think people don't realize how massive the United States is, not just in size, but in the number of people there. Uh, it, it just, there's a lot going on, even if there isn't anything going on. You know, it's, so Periscope gets 10 million American viewers without even really trying. You sure. know, it's not, it didn't take that much. Here in Hong Kong, what, we probably don't even have a thousand. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I've tried to contribute to that thousand now. Yeah. Uh, but then there's also like China is just as wide 
as, as, as the United States, yeah. but the mentality of the questions, and not to sound critical in a negative way, but they are quite focused on very small things. But I think that comes with time. As people get used to yeah. Periscope, the questions will probably flash out a bit more. Yeah, and you won't have this idea of like, oh, do they eat cats and dogs in Hong Kong? Oh, we get that question a lot. Yeah. But uh, interestingly, in China, for example, social media is based, uh, it's very celebrity based. It's not very political for, for important reasons. They'll get a visit and a, let's go have tea kind of moment where they're in trouble. But uh, it hasn't quite de it hasn't quite grown in the same way. But that said, I mean there are other ways. Of, like for example, if you played with WeChat and what we've got going on WeChat, uh, you know it's like a whole platform that exists out there that most Americans are totally clueless about. You know, there's WeChat Pay. You can like get red bags by that. <laughs> Guys, thanks for all the hearts, but you know it's I, I don't really count hearts that much. I appreciate it, but you don't have to hurt your fingers to, to give me hearts. <laughs> you know. How do you feel about being asked the same questions over and over again? Because uh, I don't sense any like, you know, you're not going to sound like you're grinding your teeth on Periscope. No, no. I've got kids. Dad, can I have an Xbox? No. Dad, how about an <laughs> Xbox? No. Dad, can we buy an Xbox? Yeah, no. You know, so I, I mean, I'm kind of trained for that. Okay. Um, but, you know, uh, my father was a professor, and so asking questions was part of the way I grew up, and it was part of the way he grew up. And I swear my father answered questions, you know, Dad, what's absolute zero? You know, he's, I'd explain it to me ten times. What's planet X? You know, the, the planet X theory and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, I had to live like that. and I'm no, I don't really mind it. They're pretty simple to answer. I can pretty much roll them off quickly yeah. at time and temperature. I would like a time and temperature button, Tyler, yeah. if you're still watching at Periscope headquarters. A, a time and temperature button would be nice. But, but how do you feel when someone says, what do you do? And you says, well, I'm an iOS developer. I do 20,000 Fitbit steps. And then two seconds after you've answered that question, someone says, so what do you do? And it's yeah. like, oh, my God. Well, some of, yeah, some of it is the lag. You know, yeah, there's sorry. the lag. But then so. they could have just jumped in. And so by rights, you know, it's an innocent enough question, but you do have to sort of hit the reset on something yeah. as an explanation or some sort of dialogue. Yeah, I just, it's just, you know, it's part of, it's part of how it is going to be. And I'm, I'm not really that upset about it. You know, it doesn't bother me. Gives me something to talk about. Actually, I, I would rather answer the same questions over and over again than have nobody say anything. Well, that's looking at it positively. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm out of questions. Sure. So, guys, if you want to focus uh, your uh, questions into my Twitter, if possible, because I'm not sure how we're going to manage it on two separate scopes. But I, while we're waiting for questions, I have got one. Sure. Oh, go on. No, it's just people are asking me what the music is. And... Uh, there's uh, some street art going on here. They put out about a dozen pianos, and uh, people are invited to play the different pianos. So everybody's outside uh, playing pianos right now. Anyway, I have got one question so far on Twitter. Sure. Somebody asked, uh, "When does Andrew take? When Andrew does his daily walks, does he use a cane? I believe he was attacked by boars." <laughs> I'm going to buy a walking stick. No, I don't, but I need one. Uh, yesterday, while we were on our hike, something ran down through the woods, something gray, about the size of a small dog, but not looking like a dog. It was probably a boar. Uh, we do have wild boar in Hong Kong. They're pretty rare on the island. They're very common up in the new territories. So, um, uh, so I grabbed a stick, which was it's the flimsiest stick I could find. So uh, we might uh, get a, a collapsible uh, walking stick for the future. Because I've also had snakes. We've seen a couple of snakes on my periscopes, too. So okay. Not the cobras, you know, the biting ones. <laughs> but uh, just some regular green snakes.
Uh, one of my periscopers called uh, Christopher. Mm -hmm. uh, he's asked. P6 said he doesn't yield to audiences, but has audience involvement led to fun or new experiences like JK's back market adventure? Okay, so he's probably talking about yeah. one of my adventures. Yeah. Um, let's put it. I do actually walk a little bit different uh, now that I'm periscoping. So like, um, I mean, I walk past this. If I walk past a wet market. I have no need to go down the wet market. Maybe if I'm going to the bakery. But if it's just a block out of my way, then uh, I'll go ahead and show you guys a wet market, which has got, you know, pig entrails and chicken feet and flail fish, just because people really enjoy seeing something that, that unique. But generally, I don't really, you know, that, that's not a big deal. It's just, and I, like I said, I need 20,000 steps, so a couple extra blocks, that's fine. Okay. Um, right. I have no more questions on Twitter. So no, I'm not from Poughkeepsie. My roommates were from Poughkeepsie. That's why I know the name Poughkeepsie. What does my wife think about this? Um, my wife, uh, my wife's attitude is like, "You have 15,000 followers. That's great. Make money off it." <laughs> so uh, she's like, "When this makes a lot of money, then I'll be really happy." So uh, I do keep some things, you know, quiet. I, my wife is very private, but sometimes she comes on Periscope with us. Any more questions, guys? Yeah, feel free either either feed. This is the man in person. Uh, China's influence on Hong Kong. You know, um, I don't know how many people are using. I use 10 million because I knew they were making 10 million. How are they going to make money on Periscope? Well, we've been approached. Several people have been approached to sponsor products, like, oh, could you carry my iPhone case or something like that. Like, no, why? <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, travel channel, but I'm not really traveling that much. I think people will get tired of me. Uh, so I'm not really sure. Maybe they'll have some sort of uh, uh, some sort of uh, lead-in ads possibly one day. They're asking about, we could ask about China's influence in Hong Kong a bit. That's a okay. common question. Uh, China, China has a interesting relationship with Hong Kong. They, um, what's the time and temperature? Uh, they, they don't directly go out and say, we're going to shut down this newspaper. But they have some wealthy Chinese businessman with strong connections to the party buy the newspaper and then fire any reporter who's not favorable. So they can say, oh, well, uh, it wasn't us. It was a business decision made by the owner. Of course, the owner is in tight with them. Or, for example, like uh, Dan Bookstore to get uh, a shop lease anywhere except like the third or fourth floor of their thing. Yeah, Claire Watt is a great periscoper from uh, from uh, Paris. You guys should be checking her out. North Korea and South Korea, that's kind of funny. I don't know what's going to go on there. This is just a one-off shooting at each other, or they're just going to keep it up. God knows there are forces on both sides who would like to just keep it up. Somebody asked uh, on my scope, who is your hero? <laughs> my hero? Uh, my wife for putting up with me, honestly. Uh, you know, uh... Who do I admire might be a better question than heroes. I, uh, I was a big fan of Teddy Roosevelt. You know, he had a very interesting, uh, I know a lot of people not in America haven't studied him as much, but he had a very commanding personality and he set, set his way forth, did a lot of great things. Uh, I like what you would say, uh, those who dare, but not necessarily those who dare to be like the first guy to climb Everest with, uh, you know, a pair of tennis shoes. But those who dare to do something really interesting and make a big difference in the world, um, 
you know, it's interesting. Uh, if you've ever been in Hong Kong, there's a building called the Fringe Club, which is in the old dairy milk farm. It's just down the street from us. It's a beautiful old brick building. But the dairy milk was set up by uh, a Scot, a Scottish doctor who's known as the founder of tropical medicine. He's the one who discovered that mosquitoes were the vector for malaria, uh, he, and he set up a fresh dairy in Hong Kong uh, so the people here could have a better life and have fresh milk. And uh, there's a guy who dared, you know, who did something to make a big difference. So it's guys like that who find pretty interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of piano going on back there. <laughs> Someone asked, what was your last book read? The last book I read, is, well, I'm still actually reading it, is The Authorized History of MI5. Say that again? The Authorized History of MI5. Okay, so I have a, I have a thick tome on MI5 and MI6, and I've been pounding through the MI5 book. And, uh, I was reading Flash Boys about the uh, uh, stock traders, the quantitative, the, uh, the quants on uh, Wall Street who are doing high-frequency trading called... Um, what was it called? Vaccinated by, um, God, what's his name? Anyway, it's the history of the guy who invented about eight of the 13 vaccines that Americans have every year. And it's, now I can't remember his name, but uh, Vaccinated was a really good book. Uh, this guy was having to fight the battle to create all these vaccines when people didn't know what these things even did. So it's kind of interesting stuff. Somebody, you don't Where was I on 9-11? <laughs> you know, that's actually a really interesting question. Because uh, on 9-9, I was at the World Trade Center. The evening, Sunday evening, uh, September 9th, I was at the World Trade Center. We had donuts. We went shopping. My wife lived in New York. I live in Washington. 9-10, I took a train back to Washington. And then 9-11 at 2 in the morning, I was on the phone to London getting some tickets to the Arsenal, because I was going to Arsenal uh, football match. In, I was going to London on the 20th. So that morning, I unplugged the phone because I wanted to sleep in. And at about 9.45, my door just started banging. Bang, 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 bang. And I go out there, and it's my business partner. And he's like, I was just at the Pentagon. A flipping plane flew over our head and crashed in the Pentagon. I was like, huh? It's like, it's related to what's going on in New York. I'm like, huh? And, uh, and I thought he was joking, because I had, I had pranked called him two weeks earlier at like two in the morning and told him that the missiles were coming for the Russians, that there had been a misfired missile for the Russians, just to scare him. <laughs> he didn't appreciate that. So then, of course, I turned on the TV and oh, all hell was crazy. So we went over to the Pentagon later that day. We couldn't, get, we couldn't get past. The traffic was a nightmare. I went up to New York that weekend. I could still see the smoke. Uh, we went and walked around New York uh, in the days after 9-11. So that's where I was on 9-11. Fondest memory in Hong Kong? Jeez. Uh, you know, it's just some of the stuff that's been with my kids. It's not really been Hong Kong related. It's just been that I've had my kids growing up here. Uh, you know, uh, taking Christmas card photos with my kids every year is kind of a fun adventure. But just doing stuff with them. We went bike riding last week. I don't know if some of you guys were watching. We, we, rode, uh, we rode our bikes around the new territories. Someone's asking, how does Twitter make its money? <laughs> Do you actually have insights on that? Uh, Twitter's doing some promoted ads. They're making some money, but uh, I don't know if they're making as much money as they want. Where do you plan on retiring? Someone's asking in my oh, feed. Geez. <sighs> well, we can't retire here. It's just too damn expensive. It's just too expensive. We'll probably go back to the United States. Uh, 
question is where in the United States? And the other question is, will we go somewhere in between? Will we go to another country before we go back to the United States? And I don't have answers to those questions. All I know is that in about two years, we get our green card. So when we get our green card for Hong Kong, then we can look around. Someone's asking, what does your wife do? My wife and I are both attorneys, but I don't practice. And what is the most interesting law? I'm assuming in Hong Kong, they didn't really specify, but I'm assuming what's the most interesting law, law in Hong, Hong Kong? Law in Hong Kong is a little bizarre. It's primarily corporate law, big corporations doing venture capital investment deals, financial stuff, stuff that quite frankly is not that interesting. But, you know, when my wife brings home the documents for a deal, they could be three or four feet tall. I mean, a meter of documents for one deal. So you can imagine there's a lot of law that goes into that. Um, interesting law, like in the United States, we have constitutional law. You know, Hong Kong being a common law doesn't have a constitution. I kind of had hoped that the basic law would have been accepted more like a constitution than what we saw in the recent helper decision that they didn't really take the basic law as having like constitutional influence over other laws. Uh, they just sort of decided, you know, well, basic law is just sort of another law. It's kind of like you had your chance here to really make a, a really big statement towards constitutional uh, governance in Hong Kong and the, and the courts punted. What's been your most recent achievement? Mm. Uh, nothing of value, I'd have to say. <laughs> I just finished a six-week trip to the United States, and six weeks with kids uh, in a country without my, without our domestic workers taking care of our house. Uh, that, that was that was an achievement. You know, I had to like we had a lot of work to do, and it was a bit it was it was a rough trip. Six weeks in the U.S. Okay. Um, best restaurant in Hong Kong. Well, we don't have, like we say, best. We have what we call our default places, where we go all the time. And when we can't decide where we want to eat, we go to a default place. And that's Crystal Jade, Genki Sushi, Yoshinoya, Triple O's. Um, actually, I like, there's a burger joint up here called Wilbur's. I like that place. Um, if we're going out fancy, we'll go to Budawang, the hot pot place, over in the one. So it's got a commanding view of the city. And if we're entertaining guests from outside, we'll go to Hutong which is that uh, fancy Szechuan place. I don't know that one. Uh, it's, it's, in the, it's not in the one, it's in that other building at TST. I periscoped a bit while I was on vacation, but quite frankly, there wasn't that much interesting to show where I live. Worst experience in Hong Kong? Hmm. When the air is bad and hot, you're sweaty and you're tired. I mean, those days really add up. You're just like, oh, I hate this. Uh, I haven't really had a worst experience. I haven't had any negative things. Uh, I mean, my wife ordered pig's brain soup once. That was kind of a... It's like, honey, what's this cauliflower? That's not a cauliflower, that's a pig's brain. Get it off the table. So, I mean, that was kind of like, yeah. But that was a good experience for her. Oh, yeah, she yeah. was like... Well, she got another thing. She was like, I'll order this soup. She brings out another soup, and it's got a fish in it, a dead fish just floating in it. Like, Lake Erie soup. Yeah, it's more humid than North Carolina. The wife eats pig's ear. I don't eat pig's ear. I'm going to ask a question. Go ahead. Uh, where do you see yourself in five years on Periscope? I know we what, touched Periscope? that. Periscope? I we touched that, but somebody said, okay. It depends where Periscope is in five years. So, yeah, I, I don't know what kind of medium Periscope will be in five years. What bells and whistles will be added? Will it become more of a... You know, right now, I think I read a thing. Someone wrote once, I like Periscope because Periscope is still raw. It hasn't become produced. It hasn't become taken over by the celebrities. You know, take... Twig, you know, someone could still make a name for themselves on Periscope. It's still raw. Go to Twitter. If you don't have 10,000 followers, nobody pays attention to you. So, you know, the celebrities can come into Twitter. So, 
Well, I was I was listening to a podcast about that, and they were talking about how basically um, it's not going to be the same thing for celebrities because the way they film, it's always like in a closed, say, closed set or something. And if they're going to periscope something private, how would they do that when they've secluded themselves for the most part anyway from the private, from public life? Yeah. So it's harder for them to just jump right in compared to. Well, that's the problem with comedians. You know, if you ever meet a comedian on an airplane, everyone expects him to be funny. They can't. They can't be funny. All right, you keep asking. What do I think about Donald Trump? All right, go to YouTube, type "dead zone missiles are flying." Dead zone missiles are flying. If you've ever watched the Dead Zone and you know what that was about. That's pretty much my feeling on Donald Trump. How much time do we have with you, by the way? Uh, I don't know. What time is it? 11.20. How oh, Okay. Before. Something, uh, uh, another periscope question. Yeah. Is, would you actually wear a mask like I do? Uh, I don't go out on those days that that bad. Um, you know, I, uh, I don't, I, I'm up in the mid-level, so I'm up at the peak. It's a little bit clearer up there. You're down at street level. You're down in, you're in a vacuum where you live. I mean, you live in a canyon of buildings. And the air doesn't circulate where you, you live. So wearing a mask is perfectly acceptable. It's sort of understood where that is. If I was exercising heavily, if I was biking or running, I would wear a mask. But usually when the days are really bad, I just go to the treadmill in my, my building, which has air filters running 24-7. Okay, that, would that explain why? Because I've always wondered, having known, because it's serendipity that I found out that you wrote the app that yeah. I've been using with regards to air pollution in Hong Kong. Yeah. When I found out that you wrote it, I was like, hang on, you wrote the app, you went to the effort, and it says in, it says in, the, in the about, we're two dads who are concerned. And then I thought, but you don't wear a mask. Yeah. To me, there was like a logical disconnect, but yeah, you stay up. Well, I'm older too, and uh, you know, I, I'm not so old that it's gonna affect me. I, I worry about my kids though. I put masks on my kids occasionally uh, when they've had to go out. And we just, we just flat out, we treat it like rain. When the pollution is over a certain percent, the kids don't go out to play, and that's just the way it is. Yeah, walk. You come to Hong Kong and walk and lose weight. It's, it's not really walk to lose weight. You just live. That's how you live here. You got to be thin. Someone's asking, do you put deodorant on before you walk? Oh God, yeah, but it's not working right much. How should trolls be handled by Periscope? You know, to be honest, I find most trolls go away on their own if you don't really get on, if they don't uh, pay attention to them. Yeah, and I, I have so many views. That uh, I mean, so many comments I can easily just ignore. How do you feel about? We're getting some different questions that you probably get on a day-to-day -day basis. How yeah. do you feel? Because people are seeing you, you're opening up a bit. No, people are curious. You yeah. know, uh, people are curious. I, I, I don't understand it totally. You know, don't understand what? Well, it gets back to my whole original thing. It's not about me. It's about the city. It's about what I'm showing you. Right. Uh, but, but today people, it is. But yeah, it's, today it is about me. Uh, a lot of people. I think a lot of people today who've had more, grown up more with reality TV, uh, or grown up with you know always on media, internet always there, knowing everything they could if about someone, they having a, a discombobulated voice telling them about city without really understanding or seeing them is actually a little, little weird for them. You know, and so some people can't really handle that. You know, uh, I didn't grow up in the age of radio, but I could still listen to a voice. For, for years on the radio and not know what he looks like. You know, I, I listen to the BBC World Service. I have no clue. Um, I listen to The Archers every now and then, you know, that, that show from the BBC, The Archers. I've heard of it. It's a soap opera. Yeah. Right, okay. But, you know, it's a story, and I, I patiently pay attention. I, I listen to it because it's the total most op. It's about farming in the U.K., 
which is like the most opposite 180 degree world you could get from Hong Kong. So it's kind of a nice little thing. There's this little running soap opera, and I have no idea what these people look like. It's like reading Harry Potter before you saw the movie. You had to build your own pictures of what the people look like. And so a lot of people, they want to see me because they want to put a face to a name. They want to see what it is. But, you know, sometimes it's kind of cool not to have that. that that's a good question. Is it weird that all of a sudden people are watching you? It's a tad weird. But, you know, my, my pictures are on Instagram and people have seen me on YouTube. So it's not like the end of it. But, yeah, yeah, I'd probably, you know, people are going to ask me, oh, we saw your face yesterday. Put your face out today. I'm like, nah. I'll still stay. Someone said people just want to put a face on on yeah. the scopes. Yeah, sometimes. So I also have Max in my scope, and he says he's he's your generation. He totally understands you. Oh, okay, yeah, that's good. Uh, okay, uh, guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap this up unless you've got any more questions. Yeah, that's what I look like. Yeah, it's lunchtime, but no hamburgers today. I'm gonna go find something else. So <laughs> that's a good statement. Well, you know, uh, I'm in my late 40s, so the ability to answer repetitive questions, well, you know, it doesn't take a lot of thought to come up with a repetitive answer. <laughs> Fitbit. Yeah, that's, a good, that's a good answer. Yeah, I don't really have much interesting to video log. Udon, that might be what we'll have today. I'm not sure. It is strange to see what it is. Who cares what it looks like? Exactly. I don't care. You want to go play the piano? We'll go down and play the piano. Here you go. Not, not hardly. How? Sorry, how political do you want to get? Because someone's asking about what are your thoughts on 9-11. Do you really want to, do you want to take the conversation there? What about 9-11? Yeah, we'll, we'll watch the South Park episode about 9-11. <laughs> you know, that, that kind of thing. You know, um, I don't believe in conspiracy theories. I don't. And the reason is I've managed more than four people at one time. Anyone who's managed more than four people at one time knows how hard it is to get them to do the exact same thing all on the same script. Right. So some conspiracy theory that there's a million people out there that did something. It's like, yeah, okay, that's cute. So, you know, at the end of that great South Park episode about 9-11, you know, they kept saying, so who did 9-11? Who did 9-11? And finally it's like, duh, a bunch of pissed off Arabs. <laughs> you know, it's just... You know, it was just kind of like, so I don't really go into the conspiracy theories on that. Okay. Yeah. We'll be in Beer Bay tonight. Join in. Oh, thanks. But I usually at night, my nights, this is a kind of a bummer. A lot of people would love me to go out at night and show the city, and I'd love to do it because the city is absolutely gorgeous at night, as you know. Just, you don't scope a lot at night. I'm with the kids. Yeah. I'm with the kids. Uh, <laughs> medical marijuana stands. Uh, yeah, right. Um, I believe very strongly in what's called science-based medicine, which is sort of evidentiary-based medicine. And uh, if you look at the science there, it's still anecdotal. It's being and sort of a backdoor way to legalization. If you want to legalize it, legalize it. You know, don't don't make it up as being medical. It's not medical. Uh, yeah, you might have relief, but there's no real uh, hard, un, you know. Science is basically something going on over and over and over and over and over again in a controlled environment and being proved that way. And we have a massive system for regulating medicine. It's not being tested, so I'm not, a, I'm not opposed to it being tested, but uh, as far as like politicians deciding this is or is not medicine, we have a process, and that process is being made. So anyway, yeah. Okay. Yeah, penguins on the thing. Yeah, we can go. So uh, if you're going to follow me, I'm going to take you, I'm going to get some lunch because I'm hungry, and then I'm going to go show you some uh, street art in Hong Kong. So we'll go 
walk around Hong Kong and see straight out of the world. If you like what you heard, then the best thing for us is to share this podcast with a friend or let us know what you think by leaving a review on iTunes. Thanks for listening to Hello from Hong Kong. Show feedback and suggestions are welcomed. If you want to come on the show, then please visit my website at jonathanjk.com. You can also contact us on the website, jonathanjk.com. Until next time, goodbye from Hong Kong.